This is The Podlight, a podcast by San Jose Spotlight dedicated to independent political and business reporting. I'm your host, Editor Nick Preciado. On today's show, we're discussing new legislation that eliminates single-family zoning across the state, as well as how that could affect an idea to densify housing in San Jose. Last week, Governor Gavin Newsom signed two new bills into law that will change how housing is developed in California. The laws will make it easier to build multiple residential units on a single plot of land, but opponents claim this will create issues with parking and utilities and will change the overall character of neighborhoods consisting primarily of single-family homes. Joining me now to talk more about this is senior reporter Eli Wolf. How's it going, Eli? It's good. Thanks, Nick. So what are these two bills that Newsom signed last week, and when do they go into effect? So SB 9 and 10 are two housing bills uh, that were signed last week and which will go into effect in January. Um, SB 10 allows local governments to streamline multifamily housing projects of up to 10 units near transit and urban centers. And SB 9 allows for the development of up to four dwelling units on single family lots throughout California. I see. And how could these two bills change the housing landscape in San Jose and uh, the greater Santa Clara County? So both of these laws have the potential to densify housing in San Jose and the you know surrounding area. But SB 9 is the one that people are really focused on because it basically did away with single family zoning. Um, so in San Jose, something like 94% of residential land is zoned for single family. So uh, the law basically just exploded the potential for development on lots that previously could only have one house. Uh, That said, it's early yet, so we really don't know how this is going to play out locally. Um, We know the housing department is still reviewing the law, so uh, we're, we're waiting to see what happens. Right. And despite that, proponents and opponents of these bills have already spoken out about uh, their respective sides. What are these proponents and opponents saying about these two state bills? So the supporters of the bills are obviously very happy about it. Um, they see it as part of the solution to the South Bay's really painful housing market. Um, Corey Walbach at uh, SV at Home told me that allowing more houses on single lots is uh, going to lead to less expensive housing. Not necessarily affordable, mind you, but, you know, a small step towards it. Um, some proponents uh, aren't, you know, especially hopeful about reaching affordable housing immediately. But, uh, for example, Ilya Gurin of uh, South Bay Yimby thinks that uh, this will at least uh, uh, this will at least accommodate people who want to live in um, housing that is better fitted for multi-generational families. And uh, he also pointed out that it will help to reverse the legacy of economic segregation in the region by just making it easier for people to live in different neighborhoods. Um, Opponents of the law, like uh, Pierluigi Oliverio, um, they're pretty concerned that uh, these laws are going to disrupt the character of neighborhoods um, by basically allowing housing that doesn't fit with the traditional aesthetics of a single family area. Um, And uh, they've also raised a lot of concerns about how it could impact parking and traffic and utilities. Um, which, you know, are already issues that we're dealing with throughout much of the county. Definitely. And I can see how people would be concerned about what's happening there. And at the same time, I also see that, you know, we've been how many years into this statewide housing crisis, and it doesn't really seem like it's gotten any better. It, se- it seems like both sides really have something to say about this. Yeah, absolutely. Now, is it possible that we'll see any challenges to these state bills, maybe uh, legally or through some kind of ballot measure? Uh, It's definitely a possibility. Uh, There's already a group called Californians for Community Planning that wants to put a measure on next year's ballot to uh, 
basically amend the state constitution to make zoning and uh, land use local affairs only. Um, I think it's a fair bet that we'll probably see more legal challenges to the law, um, but I haven't seen any yet. But it, it is really hard to overstate how polarizing uh, SB9 especially has been. Yeah, especially, uh, I mean, no one at the local level, I think, likes the state to come in and tell them what to do. That's something I've watched numerous times over my career as a journalist. San Jose Spotlight is a community-supported, nonprofit news organization fueled by readers and listeners like you. You can support our work by becoming a sustaining member with a monthly or annual donation on our website, sanjosespotlight.com. Now, I'd like to move to a related topic here that's more specific to San Jose. It's a proposal called Opportunity Housing. Can you explain what Opportunity Housing is? Sure. So Opportunity Housing is basically a proposal to do what SB9 is doing on the state level, um, but locally. Uh, the, The basic premise is that it would allow up to four homes on a single family lot. So the underlying idea is the same. It's the the people who created it want to increase the city's housing stock by densifying housing in neighborhoods that, uh, you know, traditionally didn't have very dense housing. Okay. And where is the city at in terms of implementing this idea? We are still sort of in the dreaming phase. Uh, the idea was discussed last year during San Jose uh, general plan review meetings. Um, a task force recommended that the city study the ideas further. So later this fall, the city council is supposed to convene to decide whether it merits further study. And if so, to define the scope of that study. Then theoretically, if they like what they find, they'll go through a process of drafting an ordinance that the city could actually vote on next year. I see. Now, opportunity housing with this whole plan to just densify the number of units in single-family neighborhoods, how does this compare to state bills like SB9 and SB10, which kind of seem along the same lines? Sure. So they're very similar, but not quite the same. Um, you know, and also bear in mind, opportunity housing hasn't really been developed beyond the concept stage, so it could change. Um, but unlike SB9, opportunity housing uh, is considering a wider range of housing types from duplexes through fourplexes. Um, and it's also considering affordability as a component. So uh, as people frequently point out, opportunity housing is basically, you know, if you took SB9 and you were trying to tailor it to a unique region, Um, as opposed to just taking this blanket prescription for, you know, addressing the lack of housing that the state has created. Now, Eli, you touched on something here with opportunity housing in terms of affordability. Why is that important here in San Jose and really the greater Silicon Valley region? Yeah, so in San Jose and in the the broader county and area, uh, uh, affordable housing is in massive need and there's just simply not enough of it. Um, we reported uh, earlier this year that uh, San Jose, I believe, has the second highest rental market in the country after San Francisco. Um, it costs somewhere in the range of uh, $3,000 to afford the average uh, uh, fair market rent for a two-bedroom uh, house. So, uh, you know, there's there's really just a, an insane uh, cost factor for people looking for housing out here. And if you're making minimum wage or even well above minimum wage, it can be a real struggle to uh, afford to live out here. The uh, the city and the county are considering a bunch of different ways to try to boost the stock of affordable housing. Um, one plan that uh, San Jose is working on is getting um, they're trying to boost the housing stock in general uh, by ten or by twenty five thousand. 
with uh, somewhere in the range of 10,000 affordable units. Um, and uh, as we reported not too long ago, the city is still well short of that goal. Um, so it, it's something that is sort of on everybody's minds and uh, <laughs> it's everyone is sort of grappling for or grasping for a solution uh, because it is a, a massive concern. Definitely. And even I know um, earlier this week, there was a press conference about building more emergency bridge housing or interim housing temporary sites uh, by using prefabricated homes, which uh, I believe have a cheaper cost to construct compared to just a regular home. Now, now this concept of opportunity housing, it's controversial, just like these two uh, state bills, SB 9 and SB 10. What are supporters and opponents of, of opportunity housing saying about this? Right. So like SB9, I mean, opportunity housing could really dramatically change development in San Jose by expanding where people can build. So, you know, supporters say that it would uh, potentially address the shortage of affordable housing um, and that it's a critical way to curb displacement of at-risk groups in San Jose. Um, They also say that it's more flexible than SB9 and that the city can actually be smart about crafting a policy where... uh, you know, you'd allow different types of units in different neighborhoods to avoid, say, disrupting aesthetics or, you know, overstraining specific kinds of utilities or services. Um, the opponents of opportunity housing raise a lot of the same concerns that they have with SB9. Um, you know, they have fears that it will damage neighborhoods. It'll overtax city services. Um, it'll increase parking problems, which are already, you know, a, a headache for a lot of residents, depending on their neighborhood. Yeah. And, and, you know, especially in East San Jose, too. I mean, some residents have had really bad experiences with the city's previous attempts to densify housing through, you know, different pilot projects and what have you. Um, you know, uh, Rolando Bonilla told me that, you know, he's really tired of East San Jose being a guinea pig for development ideas. And he basically considers opportunity housing a dead conversation. So there's definitely some very strong takes against it. Right. And for our listeners, uh, that's Planning Commission Chair Rolando Bonilla. And for full transparency, uh, he is married to Perla Rodriguez, who sits on San Jose Spotlight's board of directors. Now, Eli, final question here. San Jose isn't the only city grappling with expanding housing options. I know Sacramento is currently updating its housing plan Uh, to permit more types of housing in single-family neighborhoods, somewhat similar to this idea of opportunity housing. What can you tell us about what's happening in Sacramento? Yeah, so like you said, I mean, they're updating their general housing plan, and um, they've made a, you know, this is a key strategy for them. They're trying to consider, you know, a greater variety of housing types for single-unit or single-family neighborhoods, um, much like opportunity housing. And uh, It'll definitely be interesting to see how their model plays out because they're testing the idea that cities can densify housing in single-family neighborhoods, but do it in a way that's not disruptive. Um, it also is departing from SB9 and that they are uh, kind of looking again at their city's unique character to figure out how to uh, add housing in a way that makes sense for Sacramento. So, um, you know, they're trying to figure out how to densify historic districts, which is something that uh uh, you know, I don't think SB9 considers or doesn't allow. So that, that'll that be interesting to see. And, you know, as their planning manager, one of their planning managers pointed out to me, SB9 is going to give cover to a lot of different cities all across the state um, that, you know, are that want to consider local plants for densifying housing in uh, single family neighborhoods or other types of neighborhoods. Um, so I, I think that we're actually probably going to see a lot of different types of experiments playing out across the state in the coming months and years as 
different jurisdictions try to figure out how to kind of like use this law to the best, uh, you know, to create the best opportunities they can for their residents. That's it for this episode of The Podlight, a podcast produced by San Jose Spotlight, the city's first nonprofit news organization dedicated to independent reporting. I'm editor Nick Preciado. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week.